What is up, Arizona? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball, and as coaches in the Valley, we understand that small school basketball doesn't get enough love, and it's often overlooked. We talk about scores, coaches, teams, and players all at Arizona Small Ball. It is Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Reyes is here with me as always, and we're wrapping things up today with our season finale. We're going to talk about a lot of hoops today. We're going to look at the current state of res ball in Arizona, at Winslow after its mass exodus of 11 seniors, Gilbert Christian and ALA Ironwood, Scottsdale Christian, just a lot of hoops. Reyes, how are you feeling about this being our last episode until next season, man? It, it's pretty uh it's pretty surreal man like it's crazy to think that like we just thought about this idea and we weren't really sure if we we're gonna do it and here we are 19 episodes in and we were able to cover up the playoffs the state championship and then we did we were able to cover some summer balls you know so it's great it's crazy to think though that you guys probably won't be hearing from us till next season i know we've been bringing content to you guys every week and then we're gonna take a break and come back reyes think back man what was of the episodes that we've done what was your favorite one that we recorded do you have a favorite one uh, i mean there's a lot man a lot of the coaches corners those, those have been pretty fun. those were fun pretty insightful and stuff like that but just even the ones with just me and you you know we're just going over some teams and stuff like that that's always a fun one those are always great man it's kind of hard to play, making man. me emotional that makes me feel special man <laughs> even though we've only done 19 episodes it just like it's, it's kind of hard to choose to choose just one you know what i'm saying because i feel like a lot of our episodes have been great that was a classic i asked you that question just so you would ask it back to me yes my favorite you still didn't even ask the question back to me <laughs> my my favorite episode that we recorded was the first one man I still remember sitting in the in my classroom early that morning and we were doing all the stuff and getting all the stuff ready. And I was like, all right, we're we about to do this. And you're like, I mean, I think. And I was like, let's do it. You know, and man, it was it was just fun, man. That first one was a lot of fun. It was good. That was fun. That sounded very um, cliche that you said. Uh, I know. I didn't want to be cliche, but it's it's the truth, man. Um <laughs> We want to say thank you to all of you guys for tuning into the show every single week and for writing us some awesome reviews. We want to take a second and highlight one more review on our season finale. Reyes picked one of his favorites, man. Well, the reason why this is one of my favorite is just because of the name itself. Baller Whale 13. <laughs> a very interesting name, I guess you would say. I'm trying to think movie. if that has some co- – it's got to have some connection to basketball. Is that like a slang term that I don't know about, like Baller Whale Baller or something? Whale. Maybe that's their post or something like that, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's like a post player because a whale, you know, they're big and stuff like that. He's a baller. So. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I'm trying to like make both <laughs> make both work, but I guess it's not working. Um, <laughs> with this review, they left us five stars. They said, love it. And what they said was, great podcast, love listening to it, has great information and funny moments as well. Definitely worth a listen. That's nice, man. It's a, we always appreciate the love. It's always appreciated, guys. Uh, we've gotten, I think right now we're at 47 reviews, and they've all been five stars. So that's, that's bomb, man. Thank you guys for taking some time out and writing some stuff out. And, and as always, man, we just love the creative names. Still the best is Dr. Philip Anya. But ball or whale, that's a pretty funny one, too. I like that. We'll figure out what that means at some point. Eventually. Send us in what you think it is. 
we got a lot of hoops to talk you guys through. Let's start with the reservation schools that we've been able to see this summer. We've been able to see a lot of them, actually, whether it's just through our tournament that we hosted or, I mean, Reyes, you had a tournament that you put on where you got to see some res schools, actually, where it was it was their first time coming out. So that's going to be kind of cool. I was super curious about seeing a lot of these reservation schools because a lot of them didn't play at all last year. Uh, Reyes, what are your overall thoughts from just us seeing a lot of res ball, res teams playing? What are your overall thoughts on how not playing last year has affected some of these res teams? Uh, I mean, it's affected them greatly. You know what I'm saying? I was able to talk to some coaches when I was hosting my event and stuff like that. Had a couple of coach. He coaches kids from like Holbrook and stuff like that. And it's, they said it was tough because they weren't really able to go to the, the community parks to even get like some practice in or anything. It was locked down, coach. So just not being able to play, I mean, you know, I, it's okay if you, like, take a week off or two. But, man, if you're taking off, like, months of just not playing basketball and you're just kind of a couch potato, it sucks because, you know, you're not getting better. You're kind of almost staying the same, maybe losing some skill. So I feel like it hurt them a lot. But, you know, seeing them at the event, it, like, as soon as that ball hit their hand and they were pushing in transition, going transition threes, full court, it just felt like it was back. And it was great to see, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it, it was fun. And I think it was actually at your event, too. And, you know, you even saying months. I mean, think about it, man. A lot of these schools, they were out from March to March. I mean, they were out for a year, you know, so, I mean, they really didn't play at all. And yeah. and I think that was the thing, because remember, we, we actually talked about this as a coaching staff quite a bit that, OK, even though the, the North or some of these reservation schools are not participating in the AIA, in my head, and a lot of our heads, we're thinking, well, they're still playing and they're still probably getting better and they're going to show up better than ever, you know. But that's just not the case. Uh, talking, I talked to a coach from Tuba City and they said that they were on lockdown and they just got taken off lockdown a couple months ago or maybe three months ago or something like that. I mean, that it was a curfew and everything, and they weren't allowed to get into the gym. This coach was trying to hold practices in their driveway, like on the dirt. I mean, kids just grinding, trying to do it. It's really hurt them a lot, man, and and it's pretty evident. It's going to take some time for them to get back into the swing of things. I think one of the biggest things that I saw that stood out to me was a lack of chemistry. Would you kind of agree with that? I feel like that was kind of something I noticed. Like, they weren't used to playing with each other yeah. live as much. Yeah, definitely, Coach. And like I said, we saw some teams that they're fairly young, like incoming freshmen sure, playing at the sure. varsity level and stuff like that because, you know, there are some teams that lost a lot of seniors. And so just them not being able to practice together or even let alone play together, like, you know, the chemistry is off, the cohesiveness is off and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So just trying to make plays together with someone you haven't played with, it's kind of hard, you know what I'm saying? They were able to work around it and stuff like that, but it just wasn't the same or how it should have looked. And I think that's what sets res ball and res teams apart is they may not be as structured, but what they have going for them is the chemistry aspect and they play really well together. They share the ball. Well, they're going to get it back over time, but right now it's been really interesting to see what this year off has done to some of these reservation teams. It's been kind of, kind of interesting to watch and we're telling you guys about it because man, I just know as a coach, I would like to hear what everything was like if this podcast wasn't a thing, you know? So we're bringing it to you guys first. Let's talk about some reservation teams that we got to see. Uh, Monument Valley, we got to see actually play a couple times this past week. Monument Valley, if you're not aware of this, they're out of the 3A. They had a couple pretty good kids on there. 
one kid in particular, and it's summer ball, so numbers don't really mean anything, but he was wearing number four. He was their best kid. His name was Levante Beverly. He's a lefty. He really competed. You saw this kid play a couple times, right, Reyes? Yeah, I saw him a little bit. You know, high motor for sure. Yeah, super high motor. That's really how I would describe him. He really competes on defense. He's a big dribble drive guy. He can get a little out of control at times, but he's definitely the motor for this team. And the offense as a whole for Monument Valley, they had a lot of screening action and movement. They're going to be in that 3A North region, and they're going to be pretty interesting this year. Okay, Reyes, here we go. Trivia time. List off the teams in the 3A North region. Let me see if you can get them all right. Oh, Coach, that's easy. You kidding me? We got Page, We got Monument Valley. We got Window Rock, Chinley, Alchese, and Tuba City. You missed one. Page, Monument Valley, Window Rock, Chinley, Alchese, Tuba City. I'm just um, kidding. You didn't miss one. I'm just trying to I was about to say, time. who did I miss? <laughs> yeah. So kind of an interesting thing. Monument Valley is going to be in this 3A North region, and – for those of you who don't know, Alchese recently moved up from the 2A into the 3A. Looking at this North region on paper, this thing is stacked, man. You got Chin Lee, Alchese, you know, Page, Window Rock, all these really great teams that are going to be there competing in the North. But, you know, it, it might be a little bit different this year. Teams are going to get better and they're going to improve. But I don't know. How, how do you see this region shaking out this year, man? Well, I mean, it's really interesting, as you say, because like I said, we were able to see Paige, Winslow, and Monument Valley. We were able to see those three teams. And we've talked about Paige a little bit and stuff like that. The kids that they lost was pretty detrimental, if we're going to yeah. be honest. And, like, it's, it's just summer ball. Who knows? Maybe they were missing a couple kids. But just from the look test and everything like that, and just the way we were able to see them play a little bit. They're young. The, you know, they're really young. They're young. Exactly. Young, inexperienced, you know what I'm saying? And they got a lot of time to work up to that for this coming season, um, following with Winslow. I mean, how many of the seniors did they lose, Coach? Like 11? They lost 11. Now, they're not in the North region, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. There's 11. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm just, that's an example of, like, right, a right. team that lost so many seniors. Monument Valley, they're fairly young, uh, but they do have experience, and they said they have a pretty nice kid that can play a little bit. But then you have teams, the outliers, that we weren't able to see. So, like, teams like Window Rock, Chinley, Outsay, and Tuba City – we have nothing on them. We, right. I have no idea what they were able to do in the summer or anything like that. But just knowing those programs and seeing how they've done probably within the past like five years, Chin Lee is always usually a top 10 team in the 3A. Right. Cuba City's within like the top 15, maybe 16. Window Rock's in that top 12. But then you have Alchese who just moved up and you, we both know Alchese. Dude, I'm so, I feel like Alchese is going to come out and just be legit, you know? Yeah, and that's what we're saying because every year someone thinks out because, like, they usually lose, like, five seniors, six seniors. For whatever reason, right. every time they lose a bunch of group of seniors, everybody thinks, oh, Ouch is going to have a down year. But then they end up number two and they're in the state championship. And I they're know. beating teams like Rancho and Scottsdale Christian or even, like, Gilbert Christian stuff like that. So them moving up to the 3A is going to be very interesting to see where they place. So, I mean, those are like those are four teams that we, didn't, we weren't really able to get any film on, but – I wouldn't be surprised if they're knocking on some doors, you know? Yeah, I can't wait to see Alchese compete in the 3A. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It, this region for Alchese is going to be a lot tougher than the region they were in in the 2A. Yes. So I think that's going to be a little bit of a difference for them. I don't know. I, I think they're going to come on and be competitive. But we just wanted to give a quick shout out to that north region. It's going to be interesting, and it's still going to be very competitive. 
But also don't be surprised if it's a little bit different, at least in the beginning, because these teams have to get their chemistry back and they really have to get used to playing again because they've literally taken a whole year off, right? I mean, that's a huge thing. Another team we're able to see this past week is Winslow. And, you know, uh, Reyes, you kind of just mentioned that, but they graduated 11 seniors. And, man, they had, oh, my gosh, their squad last year was so fun to watch. I feel like their squad and watching them because we had a big game against them last year. I was watching them and I really felt like they were the type of team that we really wanted to be a bunch of really quick guards that have great handles that push the ball. They can shoot it. They attack the rim. They compete really hard watching them play. I was like, man, this squad is awesome. I didn't realize how many of them were seniors until we were starting to prepare for them. They got a whole new squad this year. They lost 11 kids. They've got really, really young kids, man. About half of these kids that Winslow was competing with were like incoming freshmen. They they played really hard. And I mean, the coach for Winslow was doing a great job coaching these kids up. They're going to get way better and they're going to get better in a hurry. But it is, it's just going to be a different look. I went up and talked to the coach and, you know, we were talking about the game that we had last year. And he was like, yeah, that was a great fun game. And he said, now I'm starting all the way from scratch. And, and he really is, you know, he's teaching them really basic fundamental things like how to run the lanes and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see Winslow. What are the chances that Winslow gets like all of a sudden just reloads out of nowhere? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, was I think it's pretty that. high. It's pretty high. Like I said, you'd be very surprised to see what Winslow can get because who knows? Some athletes might, play, might be playing soccer or football. You know sure. what I mean? Like, you know, you just never know with Winslow because, like I said, we see him in the summer. Like I said, we've seen a pretty down Winslow in the summer before this in the first time. And then they come into the season and they see, you know, they're just kind of loaded. Right. Winslow this year reminded me of a call, a good Juco. They just got a bunch of transfers. <laughs> they they right. were the transfer portal and it was great. I really wish they would have were able to go a little bit further than they did. Right. I mean, Coach, it was a tough squad. You know, losing 11 is hard. You know, coaching on the face a little bit of adversity, but – you can tell he's up for the challenge, and I think those kids are going to be ready come season. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, another, And even though Winslow is not in that 3A North region, man, thinking about them last year, that is probably the most res ball type school that I've seen in my five years coaching here in Arizona. I mean, yeah, they were a ton of fun to watch, and it was your stereotypical res ball team. And, I mean, we just had to talk about them, and I was really excited to see them. Because of everything they had lost, I wanted to see where they were at. Another yeah. team that we got to see was Valley Sanders out of the 2A. And this was actually a really fun group to watch, man. What, what, what did you think about Valley Sanders? Well, just from a first glance of things, you know what I'm saying? They actually they had two guards that were pretty nice and stuff like that. And they have a couple of bays that can finish. You know, overall, pretty like well-coached team and stuff like that. They were, they were actually able to run a couple things. Um, they actually looked pretty nice, to be honest, Coach. You know what I'm saying? Obviously – I don't know if they were missing anybody, this and that, but they do have one kid. I think you know his name, but he was he was playing Trajan. Yeah, he was playing pretty tough throughout the tournament. You know what I'm saying? He can he's one of those kids that can score almost almost on all three levels. You know what I'm saying? He has a nice pull up in the mid range. I would say he can score at all three levels. Nizo. That's what I'm saying. He was tough, especially in the transition. When he's pulling for the transition three coach, it was pretty tough. I mean, one on one, a lot of the kids couldn't guard him, you know what I'm saying? Like that, but at the end of the day, basketball four. But 
I wouldn't be surprised if Valley Sanders can knock on some doors as well. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Make a little run. In the two yeah, I think especially looking at their region where they're at, they're going to have a chance to be really competitive. They're really aggressive. Their offense is, as a, continu- as a continuity-wise, it's down screens and flex screens just kind of all the time. But they executed pretty well. They had some nice curls off of that. They're really scrappy, man. So scrappy. This team is your stereotypical res ball team. They were able to switch it up a little bit on defense as well. They ran a 1-3-1 for a little bit. They had a really nice lefty guard. His name was Josh. He's going to be a senior this year. He can dribble drive really well. He had a really nice floater. He competes really hard on defense. And then the kid that you were talking about, number three, his name is Trajan. He's also going to be a senior. This kid is tough, man. He's also dribble drive, but he can finish. He can shoot. He's got a high motor. He can post up a little bit, too. I don't know if you saw. He had some post up like fadeaway jumpers that he just drained. And it was pretty good. Uh, He's a really, really good player. He's going to be a tough matchup for anybody in the two way. Uh, I think they're going to have a shot to be really competitive in this next year moving up all these res schools. In my mind, the bottom line is they just need to get back to normal and start playing again. And they're all going to be just fine. We already know how they play when they're normally in the swing of swing of things. we got some more hoops for you guys coming up. But before we do, check this out. Another team we got to see is Scottsdale Christian. They had some games against the McClintock and Mesa programs this past weekend. And this isn't going to be a long segment, but we saw it. So we really wanted to make sure that we gave some love to Coach Anderson and Scottsdale Christian. They competed great, man. They did really good, even without... I don't know, maybe their best player. Would, who would you say next year is Scottsdale Christian's most valuable player? Next year, this coming season. Like this coming season? Uh, I would have to probably give it to Garrison Sherman. That, see, that's what I was thinking, too. He's a great. Say, he's a tough player. The only reason why I say that because they lost their best player last year. Fan. Which was? Fan. The fan. The fan. Gosh, man, I will say this. Uh, Michael and Matthew Fan are really, man, they're gene, they're so sneaky athletic, man. Watching his younger brother do some stuff to uh, during these games, man, he's sneaky athletic. He's going to be a great point guard. Michael Fan is. I agree with what you're saying, though, about Garrison Sherman. He's like six, seven. He can dribble drive, he can shoot it, he has a high motor on defense. He's got great length. I mean, the kid's a stud, man. He's out with an injury. I saw him sitting on the bench, and he had a big cast. I think it was on his left forearm. So, man, prayers go up to you, Garrison Sherman. I hope We hope you get better soon. Uh, it's, it's a bummer not seeing him play because he really changes Scottsdale Christian. But even without him, Scottsdale Christian was able to compete pretty well. Michael Fan is going to be a great point guard for them. He's a great athlete, like I just said before. And Honestly, it's no surprise, but Scottsdale Christian runs some really, really great sets for the personnel that they have. Uh, I'll never forget. So what, what was it? What, what was Jay senior? Was it three years ago? About two years ago. Two years ago. So two years ago, we played against Scottsdale in uh, the Elite Eight, and we were all like pumped up about it. And they run this play. Do you remember this play where uh, point guard dribbles hard to the to the right side baseline? And then on the weak side, their post, which is Braden Wales, sets a screen on the guy help side. And then the shooter flares out to the other side, left side corner, and they swing it on under the backboard and they get, oh, my gosh. I remember watching that play and we practiced that play and said, "Okay, guys, we cannot get got on this play. 
Sure enough, they came out, ran it. They got us on the play. It was the first. Is it the first possession too? It was. It was like maybe the first three possessions. They ran it and they just drilled us on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like. They just run great sets and great sets for the personnel that they have. You can know what they're going to do. It doesn't mean you can stop it, right? They, they have some great shooting, man. Don't leave a kid open on this team. Chances are he will drain it on you. Even after losing Olinger, they're still going to have plenty of kids that can shoot the basketball out there. They did actually a lot of spreading of the floor and dribble drive and kick against McClintock. They got some great action out of it because their guards honestly are just really fundamentally sound. They can dribble right. They can dribble left. They make good decisions. They're smart. They're not trying to force a whole lot. So they got some really great stuff out of that. Some really good pitch out threes. Braden Wales had some really nice finishes inside. He's like six, eight now. He was like six eight, like a year or two ago. He's probably about six nine, six eight. Probably he, he might be six nine, six eight. Yeah, he's probably right. Six eight and three quarters, maybe. Who knows? Uh, he had some really nice finishes inside. He really one of the coolest things about him is he really has the ability to move his feet on the perimeter, and he's got great length. So when he really sits down his stance and he decides that he wants to move his feet and defend. He does a pretty good job with that. He had some nice blocks and challenges as well. They, as a team, had some really nice action on the wing, had a nice down screen into a three. They got it both games to start with that I saw against McClintock and against Mesa. Number 31 for them in the summer. It seems like to, to be a pretty good shooter. He's the one who came off that screen. Not like I need to say this. But look out for Scott Stowe Christian, man. They're going to be so good next year. Other kids have had to step up because Sherman has been out. And, you know, as much as you hate to see a great player be out, it forces other kids into those opportunities and it forces them to get better. And it's only going to help them as a group later on when they come back together, when he's healthy. They played against some great competition this summer. It's only going to make them better. I'm really excited to see Coach Anderson keep killing it over there. How pumped would you be? for a finals rematch between Scottsdale Christian and Rancho. I mean, that'd be, that'd be pretty phenomenal. I mean, don't be surprised, obviously. I mean, I'm pretty sure no one will be surprised if they do end up being there, but we've been hearing a lot about these two teams and saying Rancho has been on a tear this whole summer as well as Scottsdale. So it's kind of interesting to see how it plays out in the season. Cause I said, we, I mean, like I said, we were able to cover a lot of teams for this summer, but there's also a lot of teams that we just had no clue, like, if mm. they got a new kid, if they're getting better, who they play and stuff like that. Right. But it'd be really exciting to see those two teams go back at it. Who are you taking? I think we already talked about this in my way too early top 10, but I, me personally, as much as I do like Rancho, I believe I, I, I would give it to the Scottsdale. Yeah, I think if these teams played each other, you know, in a seven-game series, I mean, it goes seven games. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire because they're both just great teams. They're greatly coached. Yeah, it'd be a fun matchup. I couldn't. I hope we see it again, man. It'll be fun. That'd be great. That'd be really fun. We wanted to wrap things up with an awesome matchup over at the ALA Ironwood League that I got to go over and see. Reyes, this when you bailed on me, man. I forgot that I was going on vacation. I had no. I had an idea. I just forgot that it was that week, and so. I remember we were planning it out, and I was like telling you, it's like, yeah, you ain't coming down. I'll be there, but you won't be there. And come to find out you were there, and I wasn't. So How – I I feel bad. I didn't even ask you this on the pod. How, how was your vacation to California, man? 
it was fun, you know, it was different, you know, seeing a different culture out there up north. I was in the Bay Area, so it was very interesting to see how I hope moved. it was terrible, Reyes, because you bailed on me, and it was weird doing an episode without you, man. I know. I'm sorry. I'm back for the last one. <laughs> hey, it was overall good, but I, w- I wish I could have been there for the league and was able to see ALA Ironwood and stuff like that. You missed a pretty good one. It was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was it was pretty sweet. ALA Ironwood played against Gilbert Christian. So, I mean, we had to get down and check this one out, man. We, we've talked about this league a couple times on the podcast, but it's stacked. So I really wanted to make it out there at least one point or at least one point in the summer. A huge bummer that Albert Wilson wasn't there. It's all good. It's summer. That kind of stuff just happens. Uh, I do just want to start off by saying this. Ironwood is in midseason form right now. They have so much energy on the bench. And just as a team, that gym was so loud. My daughter I actually took both my daughters there uh, to the league. And when we got there, we watched the first little bit. And then I let them actually watch a little bit of a, it was like, a, I think it was cloudy with a chance of meatball. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I have not seen that movie. You should check it out. It's pretty good. You should read the kids book too. It's actually pretty good. Anyways, I set up that movie for them and my daughters were watching it. And my daughter, June, my oldest, she looked up at me and she was like, daddy, daddy, I can't hear my movie. Turn it up. And I was like, baby, that's as loud as it goes. And then she looked at me and said, go tell them to be quiet because they're being way too loud. And I'm like, baby girl, like you just got to deal with it, you know? So, (laughs) I mean, shout outs to you, Ironwood Coach McCurdy. You guys have got so much energy on the bench. You made my daughter cry, which is a good thing, you know? Um, They push the ball extremely well. They make great decisions offensively. I feel like ALA Ironwood will be one of the most gifted in the 3A next year. On this specific summer league game, they scored on their first seven possessions, man. And I think all different players scored in that. So it was pretty cool to watch. Uh, Number 10 for Ironwood in the summer, his name is David Arayaldo. I think that's how I say your last name. I'm sorry if I messed that up, but I really love this kid. He does all the little things for them. Um, He takes charges. He has great box outs. You name it. He has great aggressive switches on ball screens. He can shoot it a little bit as well. He's a really tough guard for them. And Ironwood's point guard, uh, he's a younger kid. He's perfect for their team. He's, He's got number 12 for the summer, but don't sleep on this kid. He has great handles. He's super solid. He plays defense. He's got a great base with his handles as well. Don't sleep on him. He can take you to the rim. He can also shoot it a little bit. And uh, Corey Wood is their 6'6 rising junior. He is so good. Reyes, take a guess as to how many threes he made in this game. Uh, I'm going to have to go with like four. Oh, it is four, actually. That's about right. See? I knew it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Almost like you were there, but you weren't. I wasn't. You're right. But close. Yeah, so he had four threes in that game. It might have actually been five. I'm going to say it was five just so I can say you were wrong. But, I mean, this kid was tough, man. He was drilling them. And there was two of them where he just hit back-to-back. The biggest thing about ALA Ironwood is they just play really great together. You know, it's not an individual effort at all. Even though they have great individual players, they do a really good job of just doing everything together as a squad. And in basketball, it's hard because, you know, coaches, players, you guys listening to this, you know this. But one of the most challenging things about basketball 
is the way it's portrayed up at the highest levels, right? It's portrayed as an individualistic sport. You know, when you see the matchup between the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers, you don't see the Phoenix Suns are playing the Clippers tonight. What you see is Devin Booker plays against Paul George, right? Yep. Or Trey Young is going up against um, – who's the team that the Hawks are playing against? It's facing on it right now. The Bucks. Trey Young against Giannis, right? Like, it's all individualistic stuff, right? And and it's hard because we preach it to, to you guys as players and athletes in high school that, hey, it's a team sport, but everything we're seeing, it's like, oh, it's all about this one player, you know? Like, and, and it's so easy for teams to get caught up in that. So it's pretty unique when you can find teams that really play together as a squad. I feel like Ironwood does a really good job of this. It's not an individual team. It's a whole squad effort, which makes them really, really difficult to guard, really difficult to defend. Ironwood jumped out early and really ran away with this one. But a little bit I wanted to say on Gilbert Christian. You know, we saw Gilbert Christian. What was the last game that we covered for them? It would have been the Page game, correct? Page game. Yeah, that, that was kind of a rough game for Gilbert Christian. I'm really excited for Gilbert Christian coming up. Like I said, they didn't have Albert Wilson. Their 6'6 center who was really, really their stud. I mean, okay, do you remember how many points he averaged last year in rebounds? He averaged a double-double, like 18 and 10 or 18 and 12. I think it was 19 and 10, I think. But, yeah, it's something like that. He was their stud. He's their stud center. He wasn't there. He really changes them. But Gilbert Christian has some really, really great guards that are going to be a difference maker for uh, for them down the stretch in the season. One in particular that I wanted to highlight is Keon Talgo. Uh, he's for Gilbert Christian. This guy is a sneaky good guard. He's a really great shooter, and he's only going to be a sophomore. He put up some big minutes last year as a freshman. He averaged like 6.6 .6 points per game, 2.3 rebounds on 36% shooting from three. As a freshman, this kid's going to be tough moving up. He's going to be kind of just what they need. If you watch him, you can tell when a kid catches the ball and he's thinking, I'm going to shoot and make this. This is exactly where he's at. He's got some good mechanics as well. I think he's just going to get better and better as the season goes on. Not a guard, but Max Lightfoot is extremely athletic with great length, standing at 6'5". He's going to be a junior, and he averaged four points per game and five rebounds, but his presence on the court, it just makes a huge difference, man. Um, yeah. He does a lot of intangibles out there that aren't recorded on the stat sheet. So, I mean, when you have a player like that, it makes me think of uh, Mason from last year, you know? Like, it, it, the kid, we used to have a kid that he doesn't blow up the stat sheet, but the things that he does, man, like, you have to have players like that, you know? Definitely, Coach. I mean – He's a little spark plug for us, especially on defense. You know what I'm saying? He just got after it. Like I said, he never surprised you in the stats. I mean, he averaged like five points a game or something like that. But in the games that we needed him most, he came up big. Yeah, and this is classic Max Lightfoot. He does a lot of the intangibles out there that aren't recorded on the stat sheet. He's also very aggressive attacking the rim. At least he was in this game. He and Albert Wilson will be a handful together. I really like them because they're both very different. Albert Wilson's a little bit more of a banger. And uh, Max Lightfoot just has a lot more length and he's maybe a little bit more. He just gives him a different look. So Gilbert Christian, that if you're playing against Gilbert Christian, uh, this is something that Gilbert Christian really hits you with a ton. They hit a, you with a ton of on ball screens in every possession. I took a possession and I counted five on ball screens in one possession. I mean, they just 
hit you with them every single time. So you got to be prepared for that. And again, when Albert Wilson is setting that on-ball screen, it's a lot different than if someone else is. So that, that changes them a lot. Uh, Gilbert Christian, their guards are only going to get better and better. There's enough foundational kind of fundamentals there that they will be there at the end of the season. I can't wait to see how all this shakes out next year. It was a really fun game to watch. Reyes, I wish you could have been there, man. It would have been fun to have you there with the girls. I had so much fun. I know. I'm so upset that I missed it. Hopefully sometime in the fall, maybe these schools will probably get something going before the season starts. You never know. That'd be fun. Let me ask you this. Who are you taking? Who do you think wins this game between Ironwood and Gilbert Christian? If everybody's there and it's in the regular season, who, who do you think wins this game? It'd be a good game. It would be a very good game. I feel like just the way Gilbert Christian is able to game plan a little bit and stuff like that for certain teams like ALA, like how they did against Valley Christian, I would have to give her the upper hand to Gilbert Christian mm. just because, I mean, Coach K is showing time after time, like especially with a very talented team like Valley Christian, like right. with like what he like – the adjustments he makes and stuff like that, he could pull it off. So I wouldn't be surprised if Gilbert Christian did beat ALA Ironwood. I would take Ironwood, but you know that already. Yeah, I already knew that. <laughs> it makes the show fun when we go against each other. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It would be fun to see these guys. And, you know, it's going to be really fun as we move into next season to see a lot of these teams that we've been talking about actually in action when it counts. This is what we got for you guys, man. Uh, our, our season finale. Race, yep. you got anything else you want to say, man? Uh, the only thing I got to say was just like, you know, thank you to all you guys who have listened, given us positive reviews, the ratings, like we love it. We appreciate all that you guys do. It's going to be tough. You know, it's been a tough couple of months without, you know, providing content for you guys and, you know, all that stuff. But don't worry. We'll still be reaching out to you coaches and stuff like that. If you have any info, the latest on your kids, your team, what's going to be happening. Are you guys going to be doing anything in the off season for fall? You know, don't worry. We'll still be on top of that. But until, until next season, I guess, coach. Hey, it's been so fun to cover some games and bring some attention to small school basketball in Arizona, man. And, and again, just like what Reyes said, I want to echo it. Thank you guys for all your support. Coaches, thank you for the film, for the write-ups on your players. We couldn't have done all this stuff without you guys. We can't wait to start up again next October and be with you guys for an entire season, man. That's going to be so fun. Even just thinking about that makes me so excited. It's going to be a great one. We appreciate you guys, and we will catch you guys again next season. Take it easy, guys. Be safe.